0: We're in the second week of a series on prayer. And the goal of this series is to look at what Scripture says about some of the questions that we often have around prayer. Uh, Last week we uh, talked about uh, does prayer really change anything? And we looked at three changes that we can uh, count on when we pray. And this week we're exploring the question is there a formula? Is there some kind of uh, equation for answered prayer? Is there some uh, secret to releasing God's power in our life? And As we talked this morning about prayer and some of the keys uh, to praying, I want to start by acknowledging that or reminding us that prayer is more than asking for God's help and God's provision for our needs. We pray to grow closer to God, to seek more of him, in our life to to know him and love him in a deeper way. And there are a number of components to prayer. We should always include time for praise and for thanksgiving and time for listening. If you think about that conversation with God, who knows more, you or God? So, you know, we always need to take time to listen to God. But Jesus also invited us to ask, to bring our requests to God. And that's the aspect of prayer that's the focus of this series and of the message today. And the takeaway for today's message, the main thing I want to lift up to you is this, that God loves his children and he delights in answering their prayers. You should never be afraid to ask or to think God is disinterested in the things that matter to you. Uh, Philippians 4.6 um, says this, and this is our memory verse, so let's read it together. Philippians 4.6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4:6. In everything, bring it all to God. God's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, but he's also loving and good. And that means that not only does God have the power to answer our prayer, he's very willing to answer our prayers. When we ask, we're in essence saying to God, I believe that you're good, I believe that you have the power to answer prayer, and that you're the answer to this situation in my life, and I'm bringing it to you. God wants to care for our needs and bless us. Uh, Romans 8.32 says this, that he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And then Paul says uh, in Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine. Uh, I was thinking about the bike rodeo. Um, on friday it was amazing uh you know we the sam especially and Sue and Ron de Groot had put a lot of work into getting the prizes for that and um And it looked like it was supposed to rain, that it was going to rain. And yeah, every time Forrest pulled up the radar on his phone, there'd be like these clouds that would start just the other side of Bellevue. You know, this this big rain cloud that would be in Olivet or something. And when it came time for the bike rodeo, We could see the clouds, we could hear the thunder just north of Bellevue. It was dark and looked like it was raining, but it totally missed the bike rodeo. And God gave us that little window there where we could be in ministry to some kids and some families and make those connections um, in his name. God invites us to pray, and yet... All of us have experienced those times when we've prayed and didn't receive what we asked for. So we're going to look at some instructions that we find in Scripture to to kind of unravel some of these questions about how to pray effectively. Um, Because while there is no magic formula, God has given us instructions And he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us in our praying. So if you want to pull out your message notes, we're going to look at four uh, essentials to effective prayer. Four things that are a part of praying effectively. And the first is faith. Pray believing that God will answer. Uh, A couple weeks ago as I was working on this series, I discovered a website that uh, the creator was trying to prove that God is in our imagination, that he's an imaginary God that only exists in our imaginations. And one of the proofs uh, was a scientific experiment that he had done where they had had a church on the East Coast pray for 12 cancer patients on the West Coast. and Then they compared after a certain amount of time, I don't know what the time span was, but the um, 12 patients who were prayed for and 12 other patients who had no one praying for them And the result was that the same number of people recovered from cancer in the group that had no prayer as in the group that had a church praying for them on the East Coast. And so this was one more piece of evidence to this individual that God does not exist and does not answer prayer. Coming from a place of faith, it seems more likely to prove that God does not have to participate in our scientific experiments or perform to prove himself. And uh, Jesus was never too warm towards those who came asking him to perform some miracle to prove who he was. But he was always very compassionate uh, to those who sought his help because they believed that he had the power and the goodness to change their circumstances. In uh, faith is essential to Prayer. Uh, how much faith, we ask. You know, how much faith does it take to have your prayers answered? I think there's a lot of questions around around that. But Jesus says this, and just to clarify things, uh, that's obviously now what happened. <laughs> but Jesus says this in Matthew 17:20. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, As small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. According to Jesus, just a little faith accomplishes great things. But as you read this passage and others like it, you'll find that Jesus also puts some conditions on answered prayer. And just as there are components that are part of and important to answered prayer, there are some hindrances to prayer. And we'll talk about those next week when we look at the question, what about unanswered prayer? But throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we find that one of the essentials to answered prayer is faith. God invites us to join him in the work that he's doing here on earth through prayer, but we can't do that without faith. Hebrews 11:6 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that it rewards those who earnestly seek him. Prayer begins with believing that there's a reason to play, pray and that there's a God who is good and hears and answers our prayer. And then the second essential is that we ask according to God's will ask according to God's will. God isn't obliged to answer prayers that are according to our will, but he does promise to answer prayers that are in accord with his will. Uh, here's a scripture from 1 John 5:14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And, you know, I think this is one of the places where we can kind of pull ourselves up short because um, we're not always sure what God's will is. And we can have questions and start to doubt uh, if maybe we're not having our prayer answered because we aren't in line with God's will. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But that doesn't mean that we can't know His will or how to pray according to it. So I want to lift up uh, just kind of quickly uh, three guidelines for praying according to God's will. Uh, You can know that you're praying according to God's will if first off you base your prayer on a promise. If God has promised it, he will do it. Uh, he's not obligated to do things he never said he would do, but God does what he says he will do. And you can know if God has made a promise concerning something that when you pray about that, that you're praying in accord with God's will. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, no matter, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ." Because of Jesus' righteousness, we come before God with confidence when we uh, come and pray according to his promises. And I've put some of the promises of God on the back of your message notes to kind of help you get the feel for the kind of things that you can pray for and know that God wants to answer. Uh, There are, of course, many, many more promises in the Bible. But because God has promised that... He is faithful to forgive our sins. We know that when we come and ask forgiveness, he forgives us, those kinds of things. And you can be sure that a prayer based on a promise is God's will. And um, I'll just say we don't always know the time frame that he's going to answer that prayer in, but he promises that he will. And then the second is to pray the scriptures. Uh this is one of the most powerful ways to pray and know that you're praying in accord with God's will. Uh, sometimes when I'm praying about a situation or a, for a person, God will bring a scripture to mind and I just know in my spirit that that's his that he's given me that scripture, and I'll continue to pray that scripture. A friend of ours uh, had cancer and, in Comstock, and she had two small children at the time, and I happened to cross Psalm 128 where it says, May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. And I just grabbed a hold of that, and I God may Louise live to enjoy her grandchildren, and that was my prayer for her, and she's been cancer-free now for, I think, 10 years. So... Um, God and the cancer that she had too was a very aggressive uh, cancer and God answered uh, her prayers my prayers and the prayers of many other people and then um, let me show you Isaiah 55 10 and 11 it says as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word is powerful, and when you pray, uh, ask God to lead you to that scripture uh, that you can pray concerning your situation. So like if you're uh, needing... To know that you're going to have the strength for something that you're facing, you might grab on to Philippians 4:13, "For I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength," and insert your name in there. For you know, Lynn can do all things through Christ; who gives her the strength. Uh, or you may change that into a prayer and say, "God, your word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Jesus, would you give me the strength that I need today for what I'm facing?" Use the scriptures. Turn them into prayers, and uh, you know that God's, God, that's God's will for you. And then um, the third thing, if you pray in line with God's character, you know that that's a prayer in line with God's will. God's will always lines up with who he is and with his character. So when you pray for things like justice, mercy, forgiveness, forgiveness, uh, unity; those are all things that are in line with God's character, and are His will for you. So, those are those are just three uh, ways that you can, can know that you're praying according to God's will. There are other other ways, um, but I wanted to give you those. And then let's go back to the essentials to answered prayer. The third thing is persistence. Keep on asking. Uh, You know, sometimes God answers prayer right away and other times uh, he doesn't. Sometimes he answers with a yes, you're going to have a nice clear day for the bike rodeo. And other times we have to wait. Uh, God doesn't answer prayer on our timetable. And there's evidence in scripture that there are some times when um, he doesn't answer prayer unless we persist in praying uh, look with me at this story from Luke, our parable from Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And, and Jesus is setting up a contrast here uh, between this unjust judge and a perfectly good and loving God. And his point is that if the unjust judge answers the request of some unknown widow who he has no compassion for, how much more will a loving God answer the prayers of his children who continue to come to him even when they don't see the answer on the horizon? We need to be persistent in prayer because God doesn't always answer our prayers with a yes or a no. He sometimes answers with a wait. And God may fully intend to answer whatever it is that you're praying about, but his answer is not yet. And so Jesus tells this parable to encourage his followers to continue to pray and not give up. And there are, are of course, many reasons that our prayers aren't answered right away. Sometimes uh, we're praying and our prayer involves other people and God has to work in their life in order to move them to the place where your prayer can be answered. But God sometimes causes us to persist in prayer because he needs to do something in us. And that that something takes time. And so while we're praying, God is working in us and, and um, doing things in us that we wouldn't have experienced if he had answered that prayer right away. And then the final thing um, is to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, says in Romans 8 that he helps us when we don't know how to pray. So we need the Holy Spirit... And he's the one who helps us to know what to pray. And when we pray, we should ask in Jesus' name. When Jesus died and then was raised again in power, God gave him all authority in heaven and on earth. And it's by his authority and in his name that we have the promise that we're able to move mountains. Uh, John fourteen fourteen says, You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And then... John 16:23 says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. The power is in the name of Jesus Christ. And as we move to the communion service this morning, I just want to invite you, uh, as we transition, to say with me that beautiful name, Jesus, Jesus. Let's say it again, Jesus. Let's say it again. Jesus. 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 It's the name above all names. Whatever your need is this morning, Jesus invites you to ask to come to the table to receive grace, to receive forgiveness, and to receive hope in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you um, that you're a God who answers prayer. And we don't always understand your ways. We don't always understand the things that are happening in our life and circumstances. But we know that you're with us, that you promise to see us through and that you're working everything together for our good if we trust in you and are living according to your purposes. And so we just come this morning to the communion table, inviting you into our life, into our situations, into our homes, into our family, our health issues. We speak the name of Jesus over those things, and we come in faith to receive this gift that you've given us, this reminder that you have the power, that you've given everything so that we could have all things through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.